What is going on, guys? Welcome to Real Man Talk. Today, we've got a very special episode for you. Today, Kyler's not going to be with us. He's on a much-needed, much-deserved vacation with his family. And so today, we've got a very special guest. He's not hes not new, uh, new to the podcast. He's a good friend of ours, a uh, mentor of mine, our Bishop Josh Reasons. And so we are excited. We're going to be talking about getting in your word. What is it like? What does it look like? To for a man to study his word, to be a student of the word. We're going to be discussing these things today. As we, let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk again. You know, Josh Reasons, I want to introduce you. What's going on, brother? Hey, good to be with you guys again. Yes, yes. Of course, no stranger to uh, to the Real Men Talk podcast. We're excited to have you on here um, today. Uh, the, the The Lord just kind of laid um, th- this kind of on my heart. You know what it is? What does it really look like for a man to study His Word? You know, um, we we should always, as men, we should always be students of the Word. We should always be looking to grow. We should always be looking to um, to to gain knowledge in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and in his word. And uh, it's so vitally important. It's something that I think a lot of people overlook. Uh, a lot of men, we like we like the the working part. We like the, uh, you know, protecting our family. We like all that stuff. But when it comes to the tedious things, like like really digging and learning into our word, we, we tend to ignore that a lot of times. And I didn't think of anybody better to have on the podcast to talk about this than than you, Josh. Because, I, mean, I mean, good grief, you're still in school, right? Still in school. Yeah, you, you know what are you working on right now? Working on a doctorate degree. Yes, three two back in school. Uh, it's been it's something I've been chipping away at for a long time, and I'm just at a place right now in my life where I'm able to dedicate some more time to it. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. So you you know what it is to be a student, you, you know, because I mean, what is what is your doctorate going to be in? It's going to be a doctorate of ministry. Doctorate of ministry. So I mean, you have literally been a student of the word your entire life. For the most part, yeah, absolutely. You know, and enjoy it. You know, a lot of people don't necessarily enjoy it, but I've always enjoyed that getting into the nitty gritty of things. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, good grief. the The word of God is fascinating. Um, yeah, the older that I get, the the more that I have learned uh, in my gain for truth. I wish I would have started a lot earlier. I, I wish I would have grown a hunger for it the way that I have um, the last couple of years. You, you know, at, at a much earlier age, and um, and so I, I, I envy you in a lot of ways, you know, which is the reason why, you know, I always come to you with all my questions because, you, you know, you've, you've got all the answers. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I won't put that pressure on you. Um, you know, so so getting into, you, you know, studying the word and and digging into um, uh, digging into the, the, the depths of the word more than just just the, the, the face of just the, the words that are on the page. Give us some. Um, some different Bible study methods that you use. Well, before we start, I just want to say, you know, studying the Word of God can be uh, incredibly intimidating because I think surrounding the Word of God, there's obviously a holy reverence for it. And so when you're studying it, you want to get it right. Mm -hmm. You want to get out of it uh, what God intended for us to get, you know, a lot of times people will read way too much into the text, maybe something that isn't there. And we'll talk about that more in, in depth in just a few moments. But, um, 
Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people are just simply intimidated because they do believe they trust that it is the word of God and then trying to break it down and to understand it. And then maybe if they're a Bible teacher, if they're a preacher, if they're teaching a Sunday school class, or maybe it's just something that they're studying for their own, uh, their own interest or whatever. It's an intimidating thing to go up against the word of God and try and get the hardcore truth out of it, yeah. so to speak. But I think I think sometimes we can be way too hard on ourselves. Yes. And, and you know, there's all kinds of different Bible study methods um, that people have developed over times. And uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that. And with, with that in mind, when I talk about method, really what I'm talking about is I'm talking about different ways to organize the truth, different ways to organize the facts of Scripture. Um, and you're doing that in order to gain some sort of an insight. And so whenever it comes to studying uh, maybe a topical study, maybe there's some sort of a character study in the Bible, there's different ways, there's different things that you can go about approaching that particular style of method, mm. uh, that particular style of going, because it depends on what you're going after. You know, what are you trying to accomplish? A lot of times will depend upon uh, or, or will dictate, I should say, dictate the type of method that I'm going to use whenever I'm studying. And so, like, for example, when you when you tell people that there's all kinds of different methods of Bible study, it's hard for some people to believe. I think it was Rick Warren uh, that wrote a book not all too many years ago, and I think the name of it was called 12 Ways mm-hmm. to Unlock God's Word. Well, some people would say there's far more ways than 12 ways, and certainly there is, but like his task, his goal in that, was to just simply go in there and say, hey, here are, are 12 common ways that people can approach scripture. And so he kind of gave a break uh, a breakdown of all those different ways. I remember when I was in uh, undergrad, I had to take a class on Bible study and different ways to interpret scripture and, and study scripture. And we were given this manual and this one was 16 ways. Oh my goodness. Yeah, 16 different ways to study the Bible. And it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, that's shocking when you hear that sort of stuff. But just in the life of the average believer, uh, it doesn't need to be overwhelming. So like some of the ways that Warren offers, he just mentions things such as the simple devotional method. He talks about like the chapter summary method. Uh, one of them was called the character quality method, maybe a thematic method. Sometimes you can do an entire book survey or maybe you're going to approach the scripture Uh, verse by verse. And all of those are phenomenal ways, but usually there is some specific goal that you're trying to reach in utilizing those, those different uh, methods. Right. There's also a guy I've read, I I utilized some of his approaches. His name was uh, Tobin Perry. And he actually wrote an article a long time ago, not, not all that long ago, but you can find it online. He's connected with Logos Bible Software, which let me just hit a pause button and say, this is not a paid endorsement, nothing of that nature. This is just somebody that utilizes that that material. Logos Bible software is phenomenal. That's just my personal opinion. If you can afford it, get the best option you can. All kinds of great tools and things on there. Uh, but like, for example, Perry, he offers several ways that you can uh, approach the scripture. We'll talk about those in just a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so whenever you, you know, I think a lot of times people get over, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's, it's overwhelming, you know, cause the average person that is sitting in a pew does not, has not been to Bible college, has not been to, uh, any kind of seminary, you know, anything like that. And when we open up the word, you know, just, 
listening to or, or just just reading the word can be overwhelming. You, you know, if there's just so much, you know, especially if you've got any, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Any intuition about it, you, you know, or any hunger for it. You know what I mean? Like you really want yeah. to get more out of it. Um, you, you know, because you're like, uh, where, where do I even start? You know, even for like a, a new Christian, you know, you, you hear all the time, you know, well, you know, if you're a new Christian, you need to start in John. You know, don't start in Genesis, start in John, you know, and, and there's reasons for all that stuff. But, you know, you're like, well, there's there's all these books beforehand. Why? Why here? And why not later? And why not? You know, and, and then you get into things like Daniel or Revelation. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? You know, and uh, and so it can be overwhelming in us as men. A lot of times us as men, what we do is is if it gets overwhelming, we're just we're done. Well, you know, we'll just, we'll just shut down. Okay. I'm finished. Like it, I, I can't handle this. This is out of my control. This is kind of out of my expertise. So I'm just going to kind of put this on the back burner. Whatever pastor says is good enough for me, sure. you know, kind of thing. And that's, that's not the way it is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you were talking about men, there's something in men, um, you know, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. There's an aggressiveness in the nature of men that if harnessed and done right is a good thing. And you say, yes. what does that have to do with Bible study? Well, just look what you said. You know, men are very task oriented. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if you're given a task, let's say to do some sort of a Bible study and you jump into this thing and it's overwhelming to you, um, we, we, we appreciate a struggle. We like to win. We like a struggle. But yes. like what you said, if it's something that's overwhelming, We'll, we'll just, we'll just say, no, we're not going to do that. You know, this isn't my realm. So it's, it's either like, we're going to win this thing or we're not going to win this thing. And if I can't win it, then I'm not even going to play at all. Yes. Yeah. We're bad at that. But here's, here's what's so cool about Bible study is that whenever you jump into this thing, there's going to be a progression Mm -hmm. and you will learn, you will glean, you will grow as an individual. And so it's not so much a win lose thing like what goes on in the heads of so many men. Right. It's a progressive thing that you're going to grow and pick up more as you go on. And I love the method that um, Tobin uh, Perry talks about. In fact, I think the name of the article I mentioned a while ago was actually called How to Do In-Depth Study of God's Word. It's just real simple. And he brings about some some basic things that you could do. But, you know, if you talk about any Bible study, and this is in my opinion, any any type of Bible study, you have to start off with something very basic. And people say, well, Josh, you shouldn't even have to mention this, but I'm going to mention it anyway. And that is you start off prayerfully approaching the text. Because here's the thing, you say, well, that's basic enough. And it is. But if you go in with uh, a prayerfulness, understanding that the Holy Spirit's the one that that wrote the text. through Yes. Men. Yes. He's the one that inspired. He's the one that will teach you. He's the one that will guide you uh, most of all. And so you rely upon his help. And then the next thing is, um, you know, go in, go in with an open mind. Mm-hmm. And when I say open mind, I'm not talking about open mindedness um, in the sense of like some crazy extreme thoughts that some people have done, but open mindedness in the sense of God, what is it that you're trying to to show me? So you go in with a sense of humility yes. before the Lord, because this is the word of God and you want to rightly divide the word of God. So don't don't necessarily go in with some sort of an agenda. And like whenever I'm doing a Bible study or like for a class I'm teaching or whatever, I, you know, I've been in church long enough now. I don't know everything. Heaven knows that. But what I mean is you hear messages all of your life. Mm-hmm. You grew up in church like I have. And so you get a basic understanding of things. But I try 
not to allow um, that prejudice, so to speak, to impose on what I'm reading yes. in Scripture. Yes. So I try and go in with an open mind. I try not to have some sort of an agenda. I, I want the text to say what the text yes. says. And so, because if you go in there with an agenda, mm-hmm. and what you're really doing, there's a term for it, it's called um, eisegesis. Yes. You know, it's where you're reading, you're trying to impose something on the text that maybe isn't there. You you go in with this agenda, you're trying to proof text something to make it fit. That's not what we're called to do. You sure. want the text to speak for itself. That's called exegesis. You're trying to draw out the meaning of what the text actually says. Yes. And so another thing when it comes to like stages um, of this, keep in mind, context is king. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're reading any any portion of scripture, there's all kinds of different literary forms. You got poetry, you know, you got Paul's letters, uh, you got the gospels, of course, which are a narrative type thing. You got all these different types of of uh, literary forms in the Bible. But if something is an allegory, if something is meant to come in the form of poetry, you'll understand that, right? Uh, you know, it'll it'll be yeah. apparent. But for the most part. You want to let the text say what it says, and you want to use the context to interpret that. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people would rather do some sort of a, uh, maybe like a word study. Right. And I know lots of people that love to do individual word studies, and and that's good. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's definitely got its place in Bible study. Um, but you have to keep context uh, as, as king in right. what you're doing. Uh, and the reason for that, and I, I found this example online, I thought it was a powerful example. So um, I remember studying whenever I was doing my undergrad work, uh, we were talking about you you need to understand the importance of the immediate context of whatever passage it is that you're studying. Yes. So like, for example, the the Old Testament was written for the most part, you know, in ancient Hebrew mm-hmm. and the earliest written Hebrew manuscripts that that are out there they didn't have any sort of vowels right all that they had were just consonants so later jewish scholars they were the ones that came in there and they were the ones that added vowels just to kind of parse things to make more sense Mm. the original text did not have any vowels so to give you an example of what i'm talking about if in the english language if we didn't have vowels i'll give you an example if i said hey anthony went in today and he visited uh, the barber shop and he got his hair cut but I spelled the word hair just using the consonants that were available in the <laughs> word it would just be HR right so if I wrote that down and I passed it off to somebody and I said hey Anthony visited the barber shop today and he got his hair cut but I only put the letters HR in there most people would be like what is he talking about right you know he, he what word it's just HR that doesn't make any sense so people could sit there and say, well, maybe he's talking about hair. Right. You know, H-A-I-R. Maybe he's talking about here, H-E-A-R, because here's your vowels and everything that are added in. Maybe her, H-E-R. Right. And on and on and on we could give. So the point I'm trying to make is, is that without understanding the context of the sentence right. that the word is in, Anthony went to the barber shop. Mm-hmm. and got his hair cut. Well, if the word hair was spelled H-R in that sense, you would know. Even right. If it was misspelled, you would know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. because of the context. So you have to keep the immediate context in mind whenever you're doing a Bible study, and then you have to understand the broader context. And what do I mean by that? Well, 
what are the what are the surrounding if you know if you see some sort of an interesting verse what do the surrounding verses say right what's the context there the surrounding chapters what do the surrounding chapters say what does the book as a whole what is the overall message maybe if you've got a book that's got uh, an author that authored other books of the bible mm-hmm. you know what what kind of context did was conveyed through those other letters those other writings and so I always encourage people right out of the gate, if somebody says, hey, I want to do a Bible study and there's this passage here I've been studying, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, can you help me? At the very least, the most basic thing that I encourage them to do, read, you know, if there is, read two or three chapters before, uh-huh. read two or three chapters after, really try and get a sense for what's going on there. Uh-huh. And with that said, you know, probably my preferred Bible study method, especially if I'm doing something for others, like I'm teaching a class, is what's called an inductive Bible study method. And we can talk about that more here in just a second if you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and another thing that um, you you were talking about context and all that stuff, and and that's so vitally important. There's been so many conversations I've had with people where they, they have taken a verse out of context. You know, I'm like, wait a minute, have you have you just read just a few chapters, you know, beforehand or just sometimes even just a few verses? Sure. You know, what you're pulling out of this verse does not make sense with a couple of verses up ahead. Yeah. If the and if the Bible is inerrant, then either either you're wrong or the Bible's not inerrant. One one or the other. You know, and I think one of the things that people often um misunderstand when it comes to reading the word is the Bible was not written to us. It was written for us. Absolutely. You you know, and so that when you're reading the word and keeping that in mind, you know, that, that the Bible was written in different times and different cultures and different languages and different, you you know, I mean, completely, it wasn't written in, in, you know, 2023, you know, for, for, you know, Missouri, you know, people Hicks in Missouri, you know, it wasn't written for us like that. It was, you know, it was written for the Jews. It was written for, you know, it was written in Aramaic or, or Greek or Hebrew, you know, and all these different things. And, and to keep all that stuff in, in context, you know, like, like what you said in context is so vitally important. And so this is, this is already exciting. Um, but we're going to take a little break when we do, uh, or when we come back, we're going to continue, uh, talking about the, uh, the inductive step Bible study and different things like that. So we'll be right back after this. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by the Jewelers Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house, so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 Northwestwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. 
Now, all the prisoners here have been pardoned? Yes, that's right. Then why are they still here? They refuse to accept their pardons, like this guy. Hey, Fred, do you want to accept the president's pardon? There's no such thing as a president. Yes, there is. I've never seen him. Have you? Well, have you? And then there's Joe. Howdy, Warden. Look how clean my cell is. That should clear up my record, don't you think? Joe, will you just accept his pardon? A pardon? Haven't I done enough to pay for my crime? Haven't I? Too proud to accept the pardon? Yep. And then there's Sam, who's still waiting to hear from the king of the ocean. There is no king of the ocean. Well, he believes that true pardons only come from the king of the ocean. That's too bad. All they'd have to do is accept the pardon and they'd be free. Yeah, I know. Best I can do is just tell them about it. Through Jesus, all of us have been granted a pardon for the sins we've committed. Has unbelief, belief in the wrong thing, or believing you can earn it prevented you from accepting God's gift? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel. You can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. What's going on, guys? Hey, so uh, we're back at it uh, again here with Josh Reasons. And we were talking about how to, you know, how to study your Bible, getting in your word. You know, and, and we were talking, you know, a little bit beforehand about how the Bible was written um, to us and not for us. And another thing that that I, I think people need to um, really need to understand, and you kind of hit it on a little bit, Josh, is being uh, critically thinking, right? You, you know, like we we should we should above all else be critical thinkers. You, you know, you were talking about not getting in, not reading into, you know, the, the whole I saw Jesus thing, uh, not reading into the word, not, you know, putting things there that, that don't belong there, but going in with an open mind, critically thinking, critically analyzing the things that we, our worldview against the word of God, you, you know, against the truth. And, you know, even Paul said that if, you know, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then our faith is in vain, you know, and so we, we should constantly be uh, critical thinkers. And, um, and so I, I'm excited. I'm excited the way this thing's going. Uh, I I'm hoping this is going to help a lot of men, Josh, you've got four different stages here, um, uh, of Bible study. And so kind of, kind of give us, give us a rundown here. Yeah. And so just to kind of re, um, revisit some of those, like what we talked about, um, you know, again, just start off prayerfully. We mentioned this earlier, approach the text humbly Again, this is the word of God. Don't try and impose anything on it. Uh, don't try and set some sort of an agenda when you go into this thing. What is the scripture saying? Let that speak to you. Uh, context is king. We talked about earlier that you want to understand that there is an immediate context surrounding the scriptures that you're you're studying. 
And uh, one of the best things that that makes Bible study easy in most versions of the Bible, especially modern versions of the Bible, there's something that's called a pericope. And a pericope is oftentimes like if you're reading a chapter, you'll see how a chapter is broken into individual sections. Mm-hmm. Well, those, you know, the editors, the publishers of these different Bible versions, they oftentimes will break these things down for you. So there's a central thought mm-hmm. within certain verses that if you want to just study those things, that's a good starting point because just like in a paragraph, when you're writing a paragraph, you're going to have a central theme in your paragraph. It's going to be four or five sentences long on average. You finish up your thought, you move on to the next paragraph. Well, the same is true with a pericope in scripture. You'll see that there is a central theme. Maybe it's only going to be two or three verses long. Maybe it's going to be several verses long, but start with some of those. And that way you're chipping away. You're getting a section of scripture that you can kind of wrap your head around. You can understand you're going after the central truths of that. Right. Can I give a, a quick kind of a quick example of kind of what you're talking about? You know, if you go to, to John 1, chapter 1, you know, the the first, what is it, first five verses is is separate from the, the rest of the chapter. It's kind of, you know, even though it all blends together, that's that's kind of that pericope, you, you know, that, that you're talking about, right? Absolutely. And you'll find these all throughout the scriptures, especially in the New Testament. Um, you know, so again, there's a, there's a theme there's mm-hmm. a central theme there that, again, these editors of these different versions of the Bible have put there. And so that's for your own use. That's for right. you to, to wrap your head around and you can do a Bible study just based on those things. So that's just kind of a tip. But, you know, getting back to this whole idea of doing an inductive Bible study, you know, there's a few things that you're trying to accomplish in that. And again, it sounds basic enough. You said, do you really even have to mention this? Well, it depends on the point that you're going after. So When I'm doing an inductive Bible study, I want to understand, first and foremost, what is the scripture saying? And if I need to go back um, and reread it, if I need to look at it in two or three, maybe even four different versions of scripture to wrap my head around what's being spoken here, what's being said, uh, you can do, you know, again, word studies where you go in and you, you know, even if you can't read Greek, you can't speak Greek, whatever, you can go back and you can get individual word studies to understand what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. What does it say? The second thing is, what does it mean? And then how does it apply um, to your life? So with that in mind, let the Bible itself be your primary source for information. Yes. Let the scriptures be your primary source of information. That's important. Absolutely. So you've got all kinds of study tools that you can use, concordances, commentaries, things of that nature. All of those things have their place Mm -hmm. in a Bible study. But what does the word say? Right. What is the word of God saying? So there's three stages in any sort of inductive Bible study, and those are the observation stage, the interpretation stage, and then the application stage. Those are your three main stages there. So awesome. So, you know, you could start off and say, well, what is the observation stage? Well, this is where I like to play detective. This okay. is where I come in and I like to play detective. So you're asking questions. You've read the text, and, and I'm even going to make a statement here. Some people kind of laugh when I say this. Read the passage, read the text. And I'm not joking when I say this 20, 30, 40 times. Right. Read it as many times as you can possibly stand. Some people say, well, Josh, that's a lot. That's excessive. Do you really have to do that? Absolutely. Right. You need to read it a bunch to where every time you read that thing, you're going to get more familiar. You're going to start asking questions. And so whenever you're playing this whole detective role here, you're asking questions just like you would in anything. 
the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why. Right. Those are some of the key questions that you're asking. So like, for example, if you're going in there and you're doing an, an inductive Bible study on a passage, you want to go there and say, well, first off, who's the author of the book? I mean, just start there. Who's the author? Who is the intended audience? You know, who are the main characters in this book? Who, who is it being written to? What's the point of it? And again, that's the what. What is the text saying? What's the tone? You know, if you could, if you could take what was being said and put it into today's vernacular, mm-hmm. you would come up with the tone. What is being said there? And then the when. So ask questions like, you know, when was the passage written? What are the timeline of events that's going on around the text? All these kinds of things. The where. Where did the events of this passage that we're talking about, where did they take place? Does that have any bearing on the understanding of the text itself? Why? What, what was the point? Right. What was the point of this passage being written? In other words, what is the occasion? And so in this stage, what you're looking for you're looking for repetition. Mm-hmm. You're looking for things that seem to repeat themselves. You're looking for maybe like some strange words, some strange occurrences. You're looking for keywords. Uh, and this is where, after you've read the text a bunch of times, this is where you can start bringing in some of your tools. Tools like lexicons, you know, your grammar guides. You could bring in other Bible translations, concordances, uh, things of that nature that would really help shine some, some light on what's going on there. So that's the first stage that you need to do in an inductive Bible study. Right. That's fantastic. That's, um, that's, that's pretty exciting. You know, and another thing that you, I want to just kind of reiterate that you had said is, you know, the win. Oftentimes I've noticed that people, and even I was guilty of this for a long time. When you read the Bible, you act like that's the only thing going on during history. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like there's, but I, I got to see a timeline one time. There's, there was a timeline of all the different people and all the different events in the Bible and how they all correlated with so many other people, right? So many, uh, you know, people who were still alive, people who were, you, you know, uh, and, and I wish I had something, you know, right off the top of my head, but, um, you, you know, it was just, it was fascinating. And oftentimes, you know, especially when we get into like Daniel um, and, and stuff like that, we, we forget that there was an entire world. Yeah, God's the one orchestrating these events all for his purpose. Yes. None of this is coming to pass by just happenstance. Yes, you know, and it's it's history. Absolutely. You know, it's history. And so, you know, and, and I'm not saying that you should read it strictly as history, but you should imply that you know, the historical part of it, you know, because the Bible is a historical book with spiritual implications. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because it'll bring some, it'll bring some light even to us today. So, yes. The next stage that you want to do, there's two more stages. Um, is called the interpretation stage. And, you know, some writers, some scholars that uh, teach this sort of stuff, some of them will call it the bridge stage. Mm-hmm. Um, truthfully, this is probably, in my estimation, probably the hardest stage. And uh, the reason for that is because what you're trying to do is you're trying to pull from a past experience that is recorded in Scripture, and you're trying to help eventually move it to the third stage, which you're trying to put it in a modern context mm-hmm. to where how it will ultimately apply. So this can be probably the most you know difficult task. And why is that? Well, because the Bible, even though it's the word of God, it's alive, it applies to our hearts and lives today, it was also written to an original audience. Right. 
you know, some of, just you mentioned it, some of those uh, books of the Bible, they were written to entire people groups. Some of them were written to individuals. Mm -hmm. And so there was an intended audience. And here's the thing. We're not that original audience. Right. We're not that original audience. I remember whenever I was in Bible college. uh, Yeah, exactly. I remember when I was in Bible college, somebody said, um, somebody asked the question of the professor. They said, do you think Paul knew that the letters that he was writing were the equivalent to scripture? That they would ultimately be viewed as scripture someday. Well, you know, the the answer. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, the answer was never really given. You know, right. I mean, the professor really didn't know what to say to it. So again, whenever Paul was writing these letters to individuals of the different churches, you know, in Galatians, Ephesians, wherever, you know, he was writing authoritatively. He was the mm-hmm. one that started the churches. But this idea that um, they would be hardcore scripture, maybe. Maybe he had that insight, but certainly we we view them as scripture today. Right. But they're not we're not the original audience. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned early on in this thing, there's all kinds of obstacles that we have to overcome. I mean, here you've got, you know, sixty-six books in the Bible that collectively were written over fifteen, sixteen hundred year span of time. Right. By all of these different authors, different cultures, different locations, different times, so on and so forth. So what the original readers got out of the text might be different than how we might interpret it. Right. But we're after what God meant to the original audience. Right. That's that's ultimately what we're after. Otherwise, if you're not careful, anything goes. Right. It, it yes. becomes super subjective. And I, I want to be very careful here because um, when I say this, because what the original audience, in other words, who the word was written to the original audience, there was an intended purpose, but we can always hit those scriptures from a multitude of angles and we can see different things that we can then apply. Right. Yes. So Perry, I had mentioned him earlier on uh, in the podcast. He suggests asking a bunch of questions when you get to this stage. And so some of the questions that he would say about the interpret uh, the interpretation stage, and I'll just give you a few of them. He would say, how would the original audience understood the passage? What would they have gotten out of this? Right. What's the difference in the original reader's world and our world? He's talking about time. He's talking about culture. culture. He's talking about location. He's talking about all these things. What is the basic theological point? What's the basic principle that we should get out of that? And another one that he mentions is, is the main point of the text also the main point of the broader Bible? Because right. if if you go in there and you interpret it as being something else mm-hmm. other than that, the broader point of the Bible, then you're probably wrong. Right. So that's something that kind of helps keep you in a check and a balance there. So again, you know, I had mentioned read, 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 read the text many times, look in mm-hmm. different versions of the scripture. And every time you read it, you're going to get a little more insight. You're going to see repeated words. You're going to see repeated phrases. You're going to ask questions of it. And you want to write those down. And you will learn things about the text. You'll learn things about yourself. And then once you do that, then you start looking at all these commentaries and, and you know, atlases and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And that will give you some more context. Yeah. You know, and what's, what's fascinating, well, I have found that just absolutely fascinating when it comes to studying the Word of God is how hyperlinked it is. Right. Absolutely. You talk about like a general, a general, uh, just of, of the entire Bible, right? Of course, you, you know, the, the entire Bible is, you know, what is it? The, the, the Bible project says, you know, a cumulative story that points to Jesus, Absolutely. right? You know, and that's exactly what it is. 
And um, and it's cool because you have all you, 40 different authors and the way everything is so hyperlinked and everything is so just intertwined, you know, and so if you, you kind of like what you had mentioned, if you find yourself out of side of that of that thread, then you know that, hey, maybe I need to reread this. Maybe I need to study this a little bit more. Maybe I'm not getting the full picture yet. And that's a good point to make because I think that right there is another reason why so many people are afraid of Bible study. Mm-hmm. For what you said, they're afraid of making a mistake. But here's what I know about God. God is a God of grace. Yes. And I, I, I am by no stretch of the imagination um, uh, treating error lightly. Right. I need to suggest that. But what I do suggest is that if you are approaching this from a an honest heart, mm-hmm. an open heart, and you're sincere and you're doing the study, you know what? You're you're going to get some stuff wrong every once in a while. You just are. Thank God for grace. Yes. Thank God for mercy. You know, we don't know everything. We don't know some of the things, especially prophetically speaking. Um, you know, when you get into Daniel, you mentioned that earlier, Daniel and Revelation and different prophetic scriptures. You know, there's all kinds of debate. This this famous scholar says this. This famous scholar says this. They don't agree. Who's right? Well, some things we just right. simply don't know. We won't know. Yeah. But it's in those moments that, you know, we want to have grace for one another. Mm-hmm. And as like you said, as long as you have this overarching view of what the overall scripture says, you're going to make some mistakes, but there's grace for that. That's right. And Absolutely. So just just a little side note. Um, I, I had I have we'll just call it a person that I know. I don't want to blast him out or anything, but um, person I know that that is a young Christian that is beginning to study the Bible and he and, and he really decided that he wanted to study on his own. He didn't want any any outside influences, right? And which right, wrong, or indifferent. That's you, you know, so he came to me and he's like, Hey, he said, I really think that people when people die, we just stay asleep until the rapture happens. And I was like I was like that's that's not that's not right. You, you know, and so so we we went on this this really long discussion, you know, I'm and I'm I'm just laying scripture out. You know, I'm just trying to be as gentle as I can because he is young Christian, you know what I mean? And um and when whenever he finally grasped a hold of it, he's like, Oh, you're right. I, I, I see this. And so and so I use that little story to to be like, that's the way we should be when we when we read the read the scripture is you, you know, you had mentioned it earlier about having an open mind. If we if we have if we are so dead set in our ways, we will always get it wrong. Come in with an agenda. Right. That's right. You know, and so to come in and realize, you know, oh, I need to alter my worldview here. I was wrong here. This I I need to adjust my my spiritual thinking to in a, in a way that I hadn't before because I, now I realize that I'm wrong. So good, so yeah. good, yeah. And so the final stage um, is the application stage. So this is where you take the information, the observation, the interpretation. Now you're taking the information and you're saying, how does this apply um, to my life? And let's be honest, that's the point, right? Yeah. If it's not something that you can apply. And, and implement in your life, then then what's the point? I mean, ultimately. So you want to be able to apply what you've studied. And uh, so again, Perry, he points out, there's really only one faithful interpretation of the text. But it's like I also mentioned earlier, you can apply the text in a multitude of ways, in many, many, many different mm-hmm. ways in your life, which is where, you know, again, a lot of dis- disagreement and things like that comes in doctrinally on certain issues. So I'll just leave you with this. These are some questions that Rick Warren 
he suggests in his study, and he says whenever you get to the application stage after you've done these other two, the um, observation and the interpretation, he said you take the information that you glean, and then here's some questions that you can ask about that, that stuff that you just studied. So one of them would be, is there some sin that becomes evident that you need to confess? That's something that you could apply. Uh, is there a promise in that that you could claim? Is there an attitude that needs to be changed? Is there a command that should be obeyed? Is there an example to follow? Is there a prayer to pray? Is there an error that you need to avoid? Is there some sort of a truth that you might need to believe? And a final thing that he mentions, is there something for which you can praise God? And so these are some questions that you ask at the very end of these other stages, and then that's what, how you learn to apply right. what you've studied. So hopefully that helps you, this, this inductive Bible study. Man, that's, that is so good. You know, and we need to understand that, that the whole point, the whole point of, of studying the Bible, you, you know, because again, it's, it is a communicative story that points to Jesus, is to grow in our relationship with Jesus, right? You, you learn every time you, hey, I, I've, I've noticed every time I, I get in there and I learn something new, it's like, I just, I, I fall in love with Jesus all over again. I'm just like, hold that's you on fire. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't even know there was any more to learn, uh, you know, that, that he could be that much more awesome. You know? And so it's just like constantly just, you know, I, I realize something or some kind of revelation or some kind of, you know, something is just like constantly growing. And what's happening is my relationship with Jesus. I'm learning him uh, a deeper version of him he's enlightening me to a little bit more it's like it's like dating somebody right you, you know in, in in a more natural sense you know when you're dating them you're learning to 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 learn who they are so right good, yeah. you know and so kind of the same thing you know when you're when you're reading the word that's that's kind of the the whole point of it is to grow in that relationship with jesus because that's that's everything you, you know, no matter what we do in life, that, that's that's the ultimate thing is our relationship with Jesus, you know, and to be able to take what we have and to, to give it to others. And um, Josh, I, I cannot tell you how much I think I'm thankful for this. This this turned out even way better than what I thought it was going to. And um, um, is, is there any closing thoughts before before we go out? Yeah, I would just say this. Um, one of the things that I have ran into and in talking to people is whenever they try and do their own Bible study, a lot of times they will come away with something that they will then say, well, you know, this isn't anything deep. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't anything new. This isn't anything revelatory. Um, you know, this isn't anything exciting. You know, they come out with maybe just some basic stuff that they that they heard. And, or, and, I'll, and to even prove the point, um, I heard a message the other night this pastor preached, and it was a great message. It was a phenomenal delivery, solid in the scripture, um, and when the when the preaching was over, I heard somebody else come up and say, yeah, I heard the same kind of message about 10 years ago. So it was the same basic points and kind of rolled their eyes. And I sat there and I thought, you know what? I mean, none of us are going to have just some over the top new revelation. Right. If somebody comes in here with some crazy over the top revelation. Odds are they're probably wrong. Right. And so, you know, we, we certainly want to be anointed. We want to be used of the Holy Spirit. But my point in bringing this up is don't feel like, you know, that you're not adding anything to your life, that it's not worthwhile. You'll let somebody else do the studies for you and then and then you'll just pick up their crumbs that they leave for you. Here's the thing, when you do it for yourself, mm -hmm. you will get it in your heart and soul. 
That's right. Well, get it in your soul in a way that you otherwise might not have ever gotten it. You know, maybe somebody else did get it 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. but for you, it is revelation. For you, it is refreshing. And so, you know, in those intimate studies, those devotional times, whenever you're doing these kinds of studies, it's about you growing in the Lord. That's right. And so don't sit there and say, well, man, you know, I didn't get anything out. I should have got some new word revelation to add to. No, 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 no. As long as it's true and it sticks to the word and you're being encouraged and built up, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's right. That's so good. And so, man, I hope that uh, that you guys have, as listeners can can glean from this. Um, this this was an excellent um, podcast. You know, this is kind of a, kind of a genesis of sorts. You know, we've never really done one on just studying the Bible, and uh, and so you, you know, share it with share it with everybody you know. You know, other men who who need to learn to to be able to study the Bible deeper or or grow in their relationship with Jesus. You know, and always remember, you can always if you've got any questions. You can email us at realmen at palaceofpraise.com. You can, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we would love to hear from you if you got questions on how to study the Bible. Um, you, you know, if you've got any questions on, you, you know, where, where to start, you, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. If you got questions, let us know. And, um, you know, we love you. Know that Jesus is for you. He is not against you. That he is, he, he, he wants to grow in relationship with you. He wants you in the word because he wants a deeper relationship with you. And so, men, uh, as always, I want to enter prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches. And teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk.
If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.